Welcome to Red Pill Torah, calling believers from Maine's institutions to God's instructions. We have a really special guest on the podcast today. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. Do you know someone with so much everyday wisdom that you just want to record conversations you have with them? We did that with a new friend of ours, and you can listen in. Stand by for some really great downloads. If you didn't know, the Torah is the first five books of the Bible. Understanding and believing the Torah gives context to the rest of the Bible. You can email us at redpilltorah at gmail.com. Find us at our website, www.redpilltorah.com. Follow us on redpilltorah.podbean.com, on Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, YouTube, or wherever you hear your favorite podcasts. We love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And a big shalom to our listeners in Tennessee and Turkey. Listen out for Red Pill Tour on a radio station near you. Red Pill Tour is an outreach ministry of B'nai Ephraim, Messianic Ministries and Assembly. Our guest today is Judith. She's a very wise woman who doesn't mind sharing. She finds a lot of wisdom in everyday things and interesting angles that most people may never notice. Judith's recall of movies is impressive. Mm -hmm. The things she notices and the messages she takes from them are really interesting. Judith believes in the Torah as a biblical foundation, and she applies it to her life. Judith also has a really interesting career as a medical professional. Miss, I imagine there isn't a whole lot that Judith doesn't know at least something about. I agree, Daddy. Listen for the pieces of wisdom from unconventional settings. They come fast and often when Judith is speaking. We're going to join in on the conversation while Judith was talking about popular movies she's seen. Listen with an open mind and get ready for some profound wisdom from unexpected sources. This conversation includes a pretty detailed anatomy-related testimony that is for mature audiences only. So parents, be advised. And Daddy, roll that tape. Frozen 2, the kids' movies? Yeah, well, you know, I didn't see the one that I was You might want to watch it. Frozen 1, the big one is just let it go. All those expectations, just let it go. Frozen 2, there's two lessons. Fear cannot be trusted. And just do the next right thing. So go sit and watch Mm. them. You'll get a really good education there. But the one that I wanted to ask you about this morning was... um, have you seen the movie After Earth with Will Smith? I have not. Uh, what's the lesson there? Uh, I, well, I, I'm sorry. So many. I did see the movie. Right. <laughs> we <laughs> did see the movie. But, uh, there's so many lessons that. in that that it just will blow you away. He talks to his son, and you can hear his son in the beginning of the movie, you know, where he's not keeping up in the academy and things mm-hmm. like that. And mm-hmm. somebody says, Take a knee. In your mind, when you take a knee, what's the first thing you do? Pray. Pray. You pray. Right. But you can also do some self-assessment because the action of dropping down on one knee with your head down narrows your focus and you have to assess. The big one is prayer. Down on a knee. Take a knee. Pray. Take a knee. Do some self-assessment. Mm-hmm. So you see that all throughout that movie, After Earth. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, Obviously, in the movie, Will Smith's leg is... Go ahead, finish. In the movie, Will Smith's leg is very broken. 
and he's got to send his son across this empty earth mm -hmm. with this monster that they brought the spacecraft now loose <laughs> and the way these monsters find humans is pheromones fear right fear so the big story about the character Will Smith plays in that movie is that he could learn to I love the expression ghost mm -hmm. and in ghosting he lost his fear and those creatures could not sense him ghosting spirit mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when you walk in the spirit realm you lose your fear and the enemy cannot use that fear against you you learn how to ghost or how to walk in the spirit realm without letting your fear and your flesh dominate I'm wow. sitting there listening to this and I'm going, oh, that was like a that. good one. <laughs> Another lesson, at one point in time, um, his son, Kai, is overwhelmed with everything going on around him, the creatures out in the wild, and, and so Will Smith emphatically, take a knee, take a knee, and he gets him down there and he's talking to him over the radio, and Kai says, I'm scared. And then comes one of the most profound things I have ever heard out of the human mouth. Will Smith sits there and he talks and he says, fear is not real. It is a product of your imagination that you are projecting into your future. Fear are things that may not, have not, and may never happen to you, but because you project them, you allow them to dominate your life. Fear is not real. Danger is real. Fear is not. So let's go back to the principle of ghosting. The reason the enemy couldn't find him was because he had overcome the fear that was not real. Danger is real. Those creatures were real enough to kill you. Mm -hmm. But the fear of those creatures was what really killed you. And overcoming that fear is an amazing thing to do. So that's part of what... Go If you haven't watched it recently, go back and watch it again. To me, that was just profound. <laughs> I know uh, when I was driving, one of the things my dad told me that just came to mind was whatever you're looking at Tim you're subtly going to start to steer towards it if you're not you careful whatever wherever you put your focus and so if our focus is on that fear then maybe we are unknowingly complicit in bringing those things to light you know that the fear the thing I feared came upon me Job said you know so because he kept steering his life towards yeah. that fear mm -hmm. yeah yeah, yeah, we can't be doing that. So when you got a bunch of people following you in the greater exodus, one of the biggest responsibilities you have is to set the example. Be like Will Smith in that movie. Learn how to ghost. Learn how to walk in the spirit where your emotions do not make your decisions. Because when you make emotional decisions, you're going to fall off the cliff. It's your spirit. It's your believing that should make those decisions in your mind. Mm -hmm. And ghosting or walking in the spirit is a practice of self-awareness and self-discipline. Self-awareness. What am I doing? Self-awareness. Why am I doing it? That's assessment. 
three on the self-awareness is what choices do I have? That's where you start to break habitual thought and behavior patterns. Most of us have no idea how many times we respond out of habitual thought and behavior. Our minds just get stuck in that rut and we just have a habit of responding a certain way. <coughs> when you're walking in the Spirit, God's Spirit shakes you up and makes you aware and says, don't do that. Right? <laughs> so as leaders in the greater exodus, what you do with your fear, the thought and behavior habits that you have isn't going to affect just you. It's going to affect everybody around you. That was one of the things that God got angry at Moses about because it was Moses' emotions that caused him to make the decision to strike the rock and not speak to the rock. But it was Moses' emotions that made that example to the people and that's what really upset God. You have no belief in me. You have no respect for me when you act out of your own emotions because when you act out of your emotions that's your God. That's yeah. the God that rules you. We don't need that in the camp, do we? No, we don't. No, we don't. Anyway, that's, that's all good. I came to say. That's good. <laughs> that's, that's a good like I said, my big mouth gets me in more trouble than I know what to do with some days. Well, thanks for <laughs> no, the trouble. Thanks for sharing now, it. Now we know why that after movie wasn't as popular. No, yeah. No, nobody wanted to hear that there is a way to do this. I thought that was so profound that he learned to ghost. But he tells you the story of how he learned to ghost. He's underwater with this creature and it's got his arm in his mouth and it's about to kill him. And that's when he just said, no more. I will not allow this anymore. And that's when he shut down his emotions and he acted on what was the next right thing to do. Okay, there's lots of movies out there that Armageddon. Did you ever see that one with oh, yeah. Bruce Willis? Mm -hmm. when, the, when, when the guy needed power, what did he do? Uh, when he needed to move his buggy across that asteroid, what did he do? He's sitting in his buggy. His action to get more power was to reach down and grab the gear shift, which was a silver skull with sparkling red eyes. Where was his power coming from? Yeah. And not very many people caught that one. That derby notes. <laughs> You know what power source you tap into? Because you can tap into one or the other. I think his belief that if he pulled it, it was going to take him, even though. But he why didn't know. put that skull with the red eyes on the gear shift? I don't know. I thought they were crazy about that. Yeah, that's what they were saying. You get power from this, and that this was object. the whole point of the movie. The, the object. Right. You get power from what this represents. What does a silver skull with red eyes represent? The devil. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right over everybody's head. What power source do you tap into when you need something? When you're angry? When you're fearful? What power source do you oh, tap close into? It, close it. Close oh, no, it. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. No, no, no. It's not fine. <laughs> I don't want that bee coming in. Okay. Right. Thank you. It's gone. Okay. Okay. Thank you. So, Danny. sorry. End of lecture. <laughs> oh, no, no. I hope you find something oh. in those words to be useful. I, I know. I'm sure. I know we did. There, know. There's a bunch of other lessons running around out there in the form of movies, but like okay. I said, nobody watches movies with me anymore. <laughs> you know, a pastor once told me that, uh, that you get enough faith 
for your next step. And the obedience that you do the next step, then you get more. Right. You know, and you step by step, mm -hmm. you know, then you get the, or I mean, obedience, I think, drives out fear also because obedience and you're asking God, which, you know, the, the Holy Spirit helps. Obedience oh, builds yeah. your faith. Yeah. When yeah. you hear and you walk in God's word obediently, yeah. your faith is increased because right. God's going to answer that. And he's right. going to turn around and give it back to you so that you have the ability to take the next step forward. And all of those people, whether they be your little kids or your grown kids or your friends, they see that. And what they see changes them because you set the example. I bet there's a lot of believers, though, who know that that's the Father's way, that He's not going to give you, you know, the whole detailed map, and because they know it's His way, I'm, I'm not going out there. You know, I know it's going to be hard, and yeah. so uh, well, it's I'll just scary. The unknown is scary to us. Yeah, but to Judith's point, though, um, if the Father gave you the task, are you going to say no to Him? Yeah. Do you know how many babies I've done where I've sat there and after assessing the situation, I've said, you want what to come through where? And watched him do the most amazing things ever. The one that really sticks in my heart and mind is this young woman who had what they call a bicornuate uterus. It was a uterus that didn't develop fully and didn't divide fully, so there was two sides to it. One side was one-third, the other side was two-thirds. And it echoed down to the cervix and down through the vagina. Two-thirds, one-third. And like I said, you want what? To come through where? And they had come to me and they said, this was after three babies in the hospital, the last cesarean she had, they attempted an epidural seven times. Seven times they oh. poked her spine with a needle and it did not succeed and she wound up with a fully aware, awake, full sensation cesarean. Oh! It wasn't good. So they come to me and they said to me, we believe that God wants us to come and talk to you. <laughs> I'm going, I am powerless. I cannot fix this. And she said, well, the doctors told us that if we ever tried to have a vaginal birth, that everything would blow apart and we'd bleed to death. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, that's a good way. Yeah, and they came to you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, yeah, no. I said, okay, let's back up. You came to me. Why? Because God said so. I said, that's our source of power. That's our answer to this situation. So, we had a vaginal birth. Right there before baby's head emerges, two-thirds of the opening was covered by this thick, dark purple skin. And it stretches and it stretches. And she's just pushing and panting and she's really still and she's really quiet. And then I hear God's Spirit say, touch it. So at full extension with a full contraction, I took my finger and I tapped it and it goes boom. Oh. I mean, you, it was an audible snap. Oh my and word. this stream of blood just goes spurting across the bed and baby's head comes right up and stops at a very full crown. Wow. Absolutely amazing wow. because she sat there for five minutes in an incredibly full crown with no bleeding 
and no pain. She's sitting there with her eyes kind of half closed. And I said, wow, are you okay? Oh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just waiting. And for full five minutes, no contractions, nothing. And then she pushed out a beautiful baby. Wow. And then we went on to have another five. Oh, my <laughs> word. The first time I did an exam after that baby, it was like, wow, God does surgery and he yeah. does it right. Yeah. <laughs> it works beautifully. Wow. So no matter what situation you're in, no matter what it looks like to your physical eyes, how it affects your physical feelings, God's the one that gave you the work to do. Yeah. And he's the one you can count on to walk out. Right? Amen. 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 So if he puts it in front of you, he's going to make a way. Yeah, he is. That's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, I'm the only man in here, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm fine. Good. Very good. Very good. Because it's not gender specific. Oh, no. I didn't mean in that regard. It's faith specific. Raising three daughters, this is the nature of the conversation. I raised five daughters. Okay. My departed husband needed all six females. And then I think maybe the Lord got through to him. <laughs> well, yeah, he's getting through to me, too. He does. he does. The nature of a woman is to influence change without inciting violence. And when we as women understand that that's part of what and who we are, that God has given us the ability to make change without influencing or inciting violence, then we start to learn more and more and more how the Holy Spirit works in our lives. So anyway, have fun with your girls. Will do. (laughs) We'll catch you guys later. You're welcome. I think the Lord has gotten through to Tim by now. We had some other friends around listening while Judith was talking. Mm -hmm. You know, I lost count of the wise things she gave us to think about. I didn't even try to count, but I do remember when you first told me about Judith. She actually designed and assembled her own portable outdoor kitchen, complete with a water pump, waste treatment, counter space and all. Perfect for outdoors living. She isn't even a plumber. She just thought about the need, identified the parts, and made it happen. I admire Judith's resourcefulness. Me too. And I love the way she finds joy and meaning in everyday things. Now, that's a great lesson for believers today. Routinely, listen for the voice and wisdom of Jehovah in the things we experience. He even uses things like movies to speak his truth, even though the writers, directors, and actors have no idea that they're communicating his message. He is always speaking. But do we have ears to hear? What would you do? If you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with God's instructions, would you take the blue pill and expect Yehovah to only speak in your church and through seminary graduates? Or would you take the red pill and be open to the wisdom of Elohim in whatever way it comes to you? Only you can answer that question. He speaks more than we hear. May we value whatever he says to us above all. Amos chapter 8. Starting at verse 11 says, The time is coming, says Jehovah Elohim, when I will send a famine over the land, not a famine of bread or thirst for water, but of hearing the words of Jehovah. People will stagger from sea to sea and from north to east, running back and forth, seeking the word of Jehovah, but they will not find it. 
When that time comes, young men and young women will faint from thirst. Wow, that's a scary time, miss. Mm -hmm. And that's why we hide his word in our hearts so that we can avoid sinning against him. His word is his Torah, his instructions. If you have friends in your life with lots of wisdom from unconventional sources, friends like Judith, I hope you'll let them know how much you appreciate them. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for spending some time with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth.